Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. This is a podcast designed to share people's stories, experiences, and knowledge in hopes of helping someone else reach their goals. We will be interviewing various people from different industries in order to gain a variety of perspectives to help people make informed decisions on the best way to pursue their career aspirations within manufacturing. Hi, how's it going? Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up, uh, where we're going to talk how people came up in their careers, how they got to where they're at, and just hear their backstory and some of the value that they can add to us uh, as a community. Uh, Today, we have an awesome guest, and it's our first virtual guest as well, Jay Boychuk. Hey, Malachi, how's it going? How's it going? It's going good here. Awesome. Glad to have you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. All right, Jay. So you kind of already have an understanding of like what our podcast is about and, uh, and and understand like the layout of it. So let's go ahead and just start at the very beginning. Let's dive back as deep as you want to dive, whether it's seven years old, high school. Uh, just take us back into your history and, and let us know uh, where you came from. And I guess also prior to that, where are you at right now in your career? This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture. If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Yeah, well, right now I'm uh, doing software for automation companies, and there's a long story behind that, of course, but it's about automating the automator. Um, There's a company called Total ETO, and it's uh, just uh, keeping everything organized while you're building custom machinery. Um, So my whole backstory is what led me to be here, and uh, it does start early. and I used to love building stuff with my with my dad in the garage and putting stuff together, um, always starting from scratch, usually no plans, doing that kind of stuff. Um, it uh, propagated and went on to high school where I was fortunate enough to go to a school many years ago. I'll try not to date myself, but uh, <laughs> back when PLCs were in a box the size of a suitcase um, and uh, they had a great uh, couple of classes. I used AutoCAD version nine, I think it was to start with wow. and in mm-hmm. 2D. Um, so we had a class for that in school um, everybody had to do floor plans for a house and uh, me and this other guy said there's we don't want to just copy a floor plan from a magazine or existing plan we want to design our own house yeah Uh, the professor wouldn't uh, the teacher at the time wouldn't let us do it because he said that's too much work right like you're just copying and we're like no no so he put us together and uh, everybody else did 1500 square foot houses we ended up designing a 5000 square foot mansion because there was the two of us and did landscaping and everything um and we just wanted to create our own piece though we didn't want to just copy stuff again that's that mentality that i've always had is doing our own thing so um and the manufacturing classes that we had in that in high school my high school like i said i was very fortunate to have those that that drove that interest even further. Um, We had a mechanical tech class uh, as well as that drafting class where that was my first exposure to PLCs was a big, huge suitcase pre-prepped a couple of buttons on the front of it. 
the teacher at the time had just gotten it uh, a couple of weeks before the class started, had no clue how to program it. And um, it was actually me and the same guy that were doing the drafting. We were both in that class. And uh, we both decided that, hey, we're going to take on this endeavor of trying to figure out how to program this PLC. And of course, pre-internet. So we got right into the uh, hardcore manuals and started reading how to do it to to do some, you know, basic ladder logic and and get into it. So that's my start, man. That's where everything kind of fell into place that said, Hey, I want to always do this, like building these crazy things. Yeah. You definitely got super, super lucky, especially with that time frame of like having the ability to have those type of classes in your high school. Cause I mean, even right now it's still a growing thing. There's still a high percentage of like high schools and stuff that don't have those type of programs. Yeah, I think it went in a wave. I think I think we had them uh, uh, quite a bit more tech classes uh, when I was in school. And again, try not to date myself, but realistically, thirty years ago, I guess is what you can call it roughly. Um, and uh, yeah, it's we had more trades going on at that point in time. Then they faded away with this whole, hey, you have to go to university or college and get a degree and do all that kind of stuff. And those tech classes kind of slid in the background. They weren't funded very well. And now everybody's realizing that that was a big mistake and they're starting to make a resurgence. So Yeah, we needed those. (laughs) Yeah, always do. I mean, there's always people on that background that have those skill sets and have that uh, just knack of doing those things and that fosters that that knack and gives them a place to put that energy. So I know my one of my boys is 15, almost 16, and he needs right. that. That's his knack, right? Nice. It's he doesn't like going to school, right? Uh, yeah. He's you know English history, no, no thank you, right? Yeah. Um, he's actually very good at mathematics, physics, that kind of yeah. thing, the engineering related side of things, yeah. And tech, he likes he likes to build things, tinker, you know have fun with different materials, wood, metal, whatever. And uh, luckily again, like you said, it's coming back. So he still has the exposure to that. Um, So that's a good thing. Otherwise, you know, might have some juvenile delinquents on our hands. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think I'm raising my little brother and, you know, he's going to school and we're trying to get him kind of on a path because, you know, he don't necessarily care for school either. I think it's all, a lot of high schoolers, right? They don't care for it. Yeah. But, um, but they, go ahead. But no, no, no go. good. I was just gonna say, <laughs> if they have a passion for something, you can't dampen it. You gotta enla- you gotta bring it up, right? And yeah. you know, as soon as you see what that passion is, um, I saw that I watched uh, your first live seminar with Jacob, and he had a a, a statement there with one of his teachers spent extra time with him after uh, class and of course yeah. his own curiosity but that teacher's support you yeah. know led him to where he got, he is today um, yeah. so that's great and we all need those mentors to do that so and yeah. uh, people like you and other people in our space that we all know and and uh, have come to appreciate are driving that same thing to try and mentor from afar and that's uh, yeah. I think we need to keep going yeah, for sure. That's like something that we've been focused on here recently. Like how do we deploy our energies towards like trying to get more locally involved with like high schools, tech centers, stuff like that. Um, 
and like right now we're just like kind of seeing the landscape of like what what is there to do uh you know it's part that's the reason for launching this podcast is like it's it's one way of doing so and being able to you know potentially reach more people and then once we go on site to these uh to, to the classes and whatnot like we have done some as of right now um but we're not deep in it, right? We're not going yep. in every Wednesday and and helping them with a robotics program or, or something like that. Um, I just went and spoke at Ivy Tech uh, College for their entrepreneurship program. Uh, but, you know, I, I really want to do something where it's deep. Like you, you, you're involved weekly in that robotics program and you like give them a little bit of assistance in, 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 in building that robot. Um, obviously, I'm going to be a little bit more biased on the, you know, automation manufacturing side of, of uh education but it's a much needed much needed uh career field for sure yeah nobody there's there's big voids right now so if anybody's ever wondering if there's jobs out there i think almost every automation company that both you and i know and i know a lot of them uh they're all hiring and they're all trying to hire right Uh, your robotics programmers controls engineers mechanical designers uh, you know, even skilled assembly guys and techs to, to go out in the field. Yep. And I can tell you this right now, too. If you know both mechanical and electrical, you're worth your weight in gold, right? Yep. Because um, if you can see what's going on from both aspects, that, yeah. that's you can't ask for any more than that. So, yeah, you're set for sure. Yeah. All right. So going back a little bit more into into your uh high school days were you somebody that liked high school or did you not really care for it or were thoughts yeah see i was i guess i was one of the fortunate ones i liked high school i always got pretty good grades um but i was a i was a uh i was a mix of nerd and tech guy and athlete all at the same time so um i I was pretty well-rounded um you know, in that aspect. So I went to, I ended up going to school for engineering after high school. Um, so I had good enough grades to get in, in, in to do that stuff. Uh, but like I said, it, for me, it was still that building stuff. I, I always looked for a career path where I was still going to be able to create things. And for me, it wasn't sitting behind a desk creating things. It was being able to do all aspects of it right and um that that partly drove me to you know working for smaller companies i think as well too where you could wear six hats and and uh, be able to play and all that a little bit too um i did get bored and for me uh you know it was things that interested me that uh, got the most attention that's for sure so yeah, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I would have made it through without those tech classes, though. Right. It just it balanced it balanced, it balanced out the education. Right. Versus yeah. just book stuff. Right. Then yeah. actually being able to do stuff at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also, too, I like the fact that you like you said, you stuck with small companies because you liked wearing multiple hats. You liked being able to bounce around from j- different job tasks. That was a big one for me. Like I kind of didn't have a lot of desire to go into a corporate field and uh realistically for my career i i had one employer i went to, i worked for that one employer for like eight years doing system mm-hmm. integration on, on new systems and uh you know like that it was a smaller company i think at max size they had 13 employees and mm-hmm. so like i was a plc programmer i was a robot programmer i was a vision programmer like 
I definitely could not be where I'm at today, or, or at least would not have had the confidence to like even pull the trigger to be where I'm at today. If it wasn't for capturing all those different skill sets and then saying, well, I can do the, I can engineer this entire system by myself. Like, yeah, you know what, you know, I don't necessarily have to have anybody. Um, the only thing I still can't do is mechanical engineering though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Right. You so, never know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's actually a road that I really wanted to dive down. But I'm just being a business owner. It don't make sense. Like nice. I'm even pulling away from like programming and stuff like that. I do as little as possible now. <laughs> yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, you you change, right? You evolve and get into different roles, and the, that's the same with me. I started off, uh, you know, drafting stuff in the summertime, um, getting into designs, and I saw I saw what was going on in the back shop, right? And I was I was just a CAD jockey at that point, just putting stuff back into is actually from paper uh, to AutoCAD at the time. So again, dating <laughs> myself, of course. Right. Um, and I went and talked to the controls, uh, lead one day and I said, Hey, what are you doing back here? And he shared what he was doing, told me all about it. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And then we talked about the drawings a little bit. And again, because I had my background as well, I, I got it. And, uh, it, and that conversation spurned a little bit of, Hey, uh, when I get super busy, can you come back and help me type thing? And I'm like, yeah, right. Like it's uh, as a student, my biggest thing and advice for students is if somebody asks you to do something in a different twist of what you're working on, like if you get a summer job or an internship or whatever, just say yes, because even if it's not something that you end up doing again, if you like it. Uh, it it might set a different direction, but it's also always going to give you some extra knowledge, right? So I was doing mechanical design and then all of a sudden I got this opportunity to do electrical and it's like, heck yeah, I'm going to do that for sure. And yeah. now I get both, right? And that's why I said this, yeah. it's that weight and gold stuff. And he taught me how to uh, PLC program uh, nice. at the end as well too. So uh, again, a little add on, like I said, I had some background knowledge to it, but it was very basic and he, he boosted that for me. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it was great. And again, uh, mentors, right. To have those mentors that also don't say no, that say, heck yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's give this young kid a chance to do stuff. Changes, changes the path completely. So. Yeah, absolutely. So through that, did you actually learn, uh, electrical engineering? This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. Did I learn electrical engineering? Yeah, again, it, ex I, it, it uh, expanded my interest into it, right? So um, it changed things in the dynamics of how I wanted to deal with stuff in my career. And I knew at that point I wanted to learn a little bit about uh, everything at that point. Right. So um, did I go into electrical engineering? No. Um, did I design some equipment uh, electrically? Yeah. Little ones. Right. Mostly smaller ones or I contributed into it. But, yeah. um, you know, it, le it let me know what was going on with the equipment on a bigger picture. 
Yeah. I actually, I actually got out of design completely and uh, jumped into project management after that when I got my first job. Um, and that was the direction again, just now putting those two aspects together. What is the mechanical done? Is the electrical done? How do we merge everything, meeting the schedules and the plans? And yeah. uh, as I said, I've, I'm very, I have to be, uh, you know, kept excited, right? Like, as I mentioned in high school, it hasn't changed in, in, in the 30 years. I still like to have new challenges. And that's why custom automation has been great because the equipment's never yeah. the same, right? Yeah. So there's always a twist, right, to something. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So did you actually, did you go through a, a college degree or did you just go to work right after high school? Yeah, I know. So, so uh, right out, after high school, I went to university to become an engineer. Um, I actually took uh, nuclear engineering, lasers oh, wow. and uh, semiconductors. Um, I went through it. I got this job uh, at a, a custom labeling application company when I was 19, uh, the first summer in of university using those CAD skills and doing that mechanical stuff. Um, loved it so much. But this is where, you know, the student part comes into play and the athlete part. I played hockey all through university, which uh, probably was not a good thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so my grades were never good enough to transfer into mechanical engineering or electrical engineering. Uh, because at the time, the way my university worked, you had to have, it was based on demand, right? So anybody with a really high average uh, after first year could choose uh, what to go in. And if you wanted to transfer, same thing, you had to have an average. And I think the average to get into mechanical engineering at the time was like 85 or 87%. Right. And um, yeah, as a, with me, uh, nuclear engineering, uh, nuclear uh, engineering physics, they called it, um, was actually the hardest program in our whole university. It was um, really it was about 60 hours a week of class and labs, uh, crazy hours, lots of homework. Um, again, because we were so diverse and doing all those different things. Uh, so I ended up saying, uh, forget about this. I'm going to take my physics degree because I know I want to build machinery right now. And mm. a, a nuclear engineer is not going to help me. So I took my physics degree um, and uh, ran off and started working and being in this industry permanently pretty much ever since so yeah so yes a degree related kind of but right. uh it, again it was more those jobs that dictated my path than the, my schooling that's right. for sure yeah actually the uh physics degree is something i've always kind of wanted because like I, there's a, a side of me that like i intuitively understand a lot of these things like the me mechanics of of, of things yeah. and uh, but I just like, there's so many things like the calculation sides of it that I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just feel like it'd be awesome. Uh, uh, I'd, to have, you know? yeah, I can do a mean calculation on coefficients of frictions. Right. So like I said, <laughs> it, it is, is related in that sense, but uh, well, sure. yeah, it just, it drove me. My, my favorite class in university in my course was actually called critical thinking. Um, it was our thesis class that uh, that uh, was uh, in my fourth year of university. Um, and uh, the project that we had to do was building a self-guided car. Okay? Um, it, it was supposed to, you know, follow a path, go to one end of the hallway, come back. 
and do stuff. And again, being the mechanical guy I am as well, all these, all the engineers, all my friends at the time, they're like getting all these sensors and all this stuff and they're priming up these boards. Uh, we had like a, a crazy budget back then, like 50 bucks or hundred bucks or something to build this car from scratch. Me, I went straight to the machine shop laid the heck out of those wheels to make sure that they were like all matching exactly mm-hmm. we built the chassis of the car stuck the motor on it and and in the first two weeks we had the car going back the car down to the end of the hallway and back and everybody else is like what that makes no sense like how can you guys be done already it's gonna no electronics <laughs> It was just basically a start and a stop switch, right? With with just a little toggle when it hit the, uh, you know, a line at the end of the hall, it would turn around and come back. And so it had one little sensor on it. That was it. But the mechanics were beautiful. So as long as the floor was (laughs) flat, we were good, right? Right. um, That was probably, again, that was was definitely reaffirmation. Hey, go into building stuff because I like it. Awesome. So what, what was it kind of your, your career path after that? Yeah. So the, the career path was ever changing, um, through all the gambits of, of, uh, pieces here, you know, for project management, I always helped build equipment in the back. Like I said, working for small companies. Um, I, I think I did it on purpose so that I could always get my hands dirty. Um, I, I worked for custom packaging equipment first, uh, full time, uh, building stuff. Uh, there's one machine I made, uh, from start to finish mechanical design controls, mm-hmm. design installed it in the field. It was a really simple machine. I think we built, ended up building 12 of them. Um, it was for putting the toy in the front of a cereal box. Okay, so you know it was a marketing ploy at the time. It was actually a, a diecast uh, or like a Hot Wheels car um, yeah. from NASCAR, and they wanted to put it on the front of the box so the kids would all see it and say, "Hey, I don't have that one." Versus yeah. rooting in the bottom. Uh, now they don't even put toys in the cereal anymore. You, you get a little right. flap on the back. You have to mail away if you want it. But yeah, so I built that machine from scratch. Um, so doing everything again. Um, and then I said, well, the only aspects I'm missing are like quoting stuff and doing sales. And so I ended up leaving that company to pursue that side, got an inside sales job, um, uh, started using software, uh, surprisingly, the one that I represent now, uh, of course, <laughs> uh, to um, quote my own projects using historical information and digging up like, hey, we did something similar to this 10 years ago or five years ago. What did it cost manipulating it? And so I started doing my own estimating until the other sales guys got mad at me uh, because I would bypass their queue um, by doing all the upfront work and just taking it to the estimating manager and getting him to sign off on it. I'd have my quote out in two days. They're waiting two weeks. Yeah. And uh, they ended up putting me in the estimating department and said, you can do your own, you're going to do ours too. So <laughs> I, I ended up doing that. And uh, that led to finding great parts, right? Like, because you're doing custom machinery, you need custom parts. You need to figure out, hey, how much is this going to cost to build this machine, right? Like these components, these servos, these bearings, these mm-hmm. whatever actuators at the time, because I was doing lifting equipment. So I got into purchasing too. Right. And uh, chasing down those parts and figuring it out. So 
I, I always kind of say I've been through every faucet of custom automation, except for accounting, and they can have that. I'll I'll leave that yeah, for the accountants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it's been kind of one of the more complex parts about being a business owner, and that I don't that I don't care for. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lot of numbers that often don't make sense and um, things that uh, you know definitely flow downstream uh, to do and it's a it's it's one of those different mindsets for sure. But hey, like I said, we need everybody, right? You can't limit it to say, hey, I just we need tons of programmers. Yeah, we do. We need tons of programmers, but we also need machine builders and we need welders and we need uh, you know uh, electricians and we, we need everybody that's involved in that automation space to uh, come together and build these machines and get them out the door so that we can keep manufacturing moving in North America. Yeah, absolutely. What made you, what made you make the transition from being more of a technical person to sales? Uh, it was just, I, again, it was just kind of desire and one of those whims of, of doing it. And of course, like I said, I never left the technical side behind. Um, I still love building stuff uh, and, and doing things. So um, if I was ever in, in a straight sales position uh, in the machinery business where I just sold stuff, again, I probably wouldn't have done it, but that's just my personality. So again, I've been fortunate enough to have all of those aspects to, to be, to grow into management, but still be able to, you know, go out and, and uh, touch the equipment, play with the equipment, and, you know, see it going live. That's always exciting, right? Like you yeah. spent the last four months building this thing. Now you get to see it making other stuff. It's, it's, yeah. um, I never wanted to leave that part behind. So that's definitely the transition of, you know, it was a transition, but not right. Um, right. For me, anyways, yeah. uh, for, for doing that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it. That's one of the things that, like, why I chose to do this type of business. It's like, I don't feel like it can ever get old. Because by the time you you install systems all the same way for the next five years, some other new thing comes out, a new bin picking software, a new robot brand, a new, you know what I mean? Like, if you look at, like, collaborative robots, I haven't even been in the market, like, what, yep. 10 years maybe now? Uh, at least, you know, popularly, maybe not even that, maybe like five years popularly, uh, and mobile industrial robots, you know, like Mir, uh, I mean, it's just wild, like where, where they've, they've came and where all the other, uh, AMR applications and, 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 uh, systems have developed, like wasn't even an option. You had AGVs back in the day that were, uh, yeah. you know, tens of thousands of dollars minimum investment, uh, I mean, your AMR is as well, but just on infrastructure side alone, yep. just on your infrastructure, you're spending tens of thousands of dollars, uh, if not more, much more, you know? Yeah, well, we got a great curve and you just talked all robotics. I mean, you left the big segments out of there, right? Like there's still in, in automation, you still have conveyors and other systems and um, you know, a lot of companies that I work with right now build big hydraulic presses, uh, you know, your limits, are pretty big right yeah like you can you can work with tons of different aspects of yeah. of uh you know i'll call it instead of robotics just call it automation and that that just puts that title out there so so big so uh, nice. i've been packaging automation um material handling uh so i did see those old AGVs that you talked about, right? Um, that were doing stuff, old automotive assembly lines uh, or, 
you know, motorcycle or uh, sea dews or whatever, um, moving around, following a tape line right back in the day, doing all that stuff, right? The the yep. tech has definitely changed with LiDAR and all, all the different sensing stuff. It, it, it never stays the same. It's technology. It's like your phone, yep. right? Again, dating myself, my phone, my first phone was a hand-me-down from my brother who's 10 years older than me. So he was in industry when I was in, in university. And it probably weighed three pounds, clipped to my belt, right? And it was a phone. That's it. No, nothing yeah. else, right? And now these days you have a phone that can do everything, right? And that evolved pretty quickly once it got started. And yeah, it, that's absolutely. the same way automation's going. Yeah, I think I was like I was the last generation of the flip phone. Yeah, yeah, well, mine's mine's pre-flip phone. Mine's like in the day where people had <laughs> car great. phones, car phones in the car, right, in a suitcase yeah. or something if it was portable. Yeah. But usually plugged right into the car. That yeah, that's absolutely. that's me, right? So awesome. So uh, let's kind of dive a little bit into into what do you think that individuals can do to either find a career path and we'll kind of dive a little bit into after they've maybe have a career path, but yeah. somebody who doesn't have a career path, what are, what are some suggestions for you? Yeah. Well, again, it, uh, for me, it starts in high school for all those high school kids in there, right? Don't shun away from tech classes because you think it's, you know, dirty work or it doesn't require brains. It does, right? And there's different aspects of technology, programming and designing and all of that kind of stuff. And it starts there. So I think, you know, hopefully uh, the schools are going to get on board. I know there's lots of great programs out there, again, with other people that we're working with in this industry i don't know how many names to throw out there and name drop there's a lot of great ones uh, uh to spit out that are doing great work starting right at the high school level and yes. getting people interested in there so for the kids hey if you even think about it if you like building stuff tinkering with your bike and taking it apart and changing stuff then definitely look into stuff like that okay and then beyond high school uh there is university if you want to go that path. It's not for everybody, of course, but if you do, then definitely go. Yeah. Um, but there's technical colleges, um, there's direct in the trades, and then what you're trying to do, even just influencing, mentoring. And if you get a chance to go work for an automation company as a summer student, uh, whether you're in high school or whether you're in, in college or university, uh, go do it. Get get your hands dirty. Get some knowledge of all the different aspects. Like I said, I don't think you can ever play enough with in different aspects uh, to decide, help you decide where you want to go and where you want to get because you can go off in 10 different directions um, from one starting point. Um, so just do it. And like I said, always say yes. If somebody says, hey, do you want to learn to do this? Yes, yes I'd love to, right? If you don't end up using it, Hey, that's fine. But yes. if, if you end up liking it and you never knew, it, it could take you off in a whole different direction. And then, so that's, that's kind of what happened to me. I kind of knew, but then all those little pieces as uh, by saying yes, took me off to, to where I am today. Even my current job saying yes, like I never <laughs> expected to be in software. I can tell you that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a, a big thing is for like, 
individuals who want to learn, if they're looking to get into the manufacturing industry at all, that systems integrators are like 110% the place to go job shadow. Uh, and it's it's worth, in my mind, accepting the lowest salary that they'll, they're willing to pay you. I would work minimum wage for a system integrator because in reality, like if you worked minimum wage for a system integrator, you're going to get more experience doing that than you're going to get two years, four years of college. Um, that was a big reason why I was able to accelerate my career as quickly as I did is I landed a job with a systems integrator my first semester of college. Yeah. And so now I had this. Sounds familiar. <laughs> now I have this job that was like all the, all the pieces of technology put together, right? Which that's the, one of the big things about working for a systems integrator, all the technologies you get to get your hands involved in the programming, electrical engineering, at least if you work for a smaller company that gives you that flexibility, that's another big aspect too, is working for yeah. a smaller company that gives you that, that freedom to kind of float around and, and do those things. Um, there are yeah. some big, there are big, there are some big companies out there too, um, in our space, integrator space. Uh, so just to emphasize your comment there, small ones are great, of course, because it's natural, it's going to happen. Uh, but big ones, you know, it's they're still good because a lot of them now are realizing the same thing that we're talking about, and they're realizing, hey, I need to train this young talent pool up, and. Um, you know, even if they're in school for mechanical engineering or they're going to trade school f to be a machinist, that's great. But they still may have values in other places that they just haven't even thought about. So uh, I think they're giving those cross-training activities as well to now in, in the bigger companies. And hopefully that continues to say, hey, here's some exposure to everything we do, not just the machining part that you came into uh, to help help people help kids especially decide um you know different paths and different directions to take uh, again who at who at 17 18 year old 18 years old picks the right path yeah. for what they want to do for the rest of their life right like that's yeah. asking for a lottery ticket right yeah um, some people do and that's great and yeah. some people change because you change as a person as well so yeah i mean if you ask me i I think system integration is almost like a drug. Like yep. either I, I feel like if you go, that's the only problem is if you go work for a system integrator, you're probably not going to want to work anywhere else. Um, is that really a work, problem? What's that? Yeah. Is that really a problem? <laughs> right. Um, unless, unless you just go, go into a completely different industry. You know yes. what I mean? I, it's hard to want to go to something else after you like really experience it. You get to see a, a system go from start, start to finish. Uh, you get to see all the different technologies that you get to play with. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a very um, intriguing uh, yeah. career path. Yeah, it's definitely broad uh, to be in system integration. Like I said, even you get into different industries, you, you get you get to see your you build different stuff to build different stuff, right? And I've I've had a lot of friends uh, being in the packaging industry. I have a lot of friends and acquaintances that are um, in the food industry. Uh, doing cereal and crackers and all that kind of stuff. And you can go that way as well too, right? You're the end. You're the you're the ones that are coming up with the solutions uh, that you want to bring into the factory floor to bring in those enhancements. You're not building the equipment anymore, but you, you get to work with those integrators to build that equipment to 
bring your plant up and get success. So there's all those aspects of manufacturing um, as well too to get involved in. Right. A lot of systems integrators uh, don't build their own parts. Right. Some do. Some don't. Some do a mix. Right. Yeah. So there's there's still all of those things in the manufacturing industry, too. Again, depending on what you like and what you love to do, uh, the machining aspect of it uh, is yeah. is another big one where we, you know, we really need people and, and kids to to fall in love with manufacturing on that that side to to you know make chips as they say right like yeah. and and now it's more automated stuff even on that end right you're not it, it's cncs and and all that Machine stuff we just saw at imts right yeah. uh it's it's lots of 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 great things behind that and um yeah it's it's multifaceted that's for sure you you can go in like i said 10 different directions from one starting point that's 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 the yeah. key Absolutely. For somebody who's already landed a position, what what are some thoughts that you have for them to be able to like grow in their career? Yeah, well, it's, it's unfortunately it's the same advice, not to harp on the same point. But when somebody asks you something, hey, do you want to do this? Right? You say yeah. yes. Right? Like you're a mechanical engineer, and like it's it's hey, would you like to go take a course in programming so that you can go out? you know, and, and, and help us in the back if we need it. Uh, I say yes. Right. And if, if it's, it, that's the way you grow again is by always saying yes to knowledge. Right. Um, always grow, grow yourself. Um, always look for those opportunities and always ask for those opportunities as well. Right. So uh, look for training things yourself and say, Hey, I've, I've found this great course. Uh, you know, I want to become SolidWorks certified, strive to those goals um, and, and find those ways to enhance your skill set uh, and, and grow your knowledge in your aspect and, and different aspects. Again, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that, Again, having multiple skill sets to fall behind because it, it brings on different things. You're going to grow then, you know, you're going to grow to project manager. And then from project manager, you, you get to go to, you, you know, you can go to sales if you want, estimating now because you know the equipment and you can put together those things. And eventually to management or, hey, you start your own company, right? So <laughs> that's that's the thing. And there's... There's never enough. I, I think at this point in time, I think we're on that big growth curve. Yeah. So um, it's great to have big integrators for sure. For some things, it's great to have small integrators that are a little bit more nimble for, for other things. So we need all of them. Right. And again, there's a mix and there's a, a reason for everybody to be there. So yeah. keep learning, say yes, uh, always grow. Right. That's, yeah. that's the key. Yeah. I, I love that you like you just say yes. Like that's it's like a simple thing, but it's so powerful. I mean, that's like hundred percent of the reason why I, why I'm where I'm at. It's just kept saying yes to things, and the next thing you know, I knew all the technical things, and then we're hiring people. Now I'm organically becoming the project manager. Like nobody's telling me to be the project manager, but I have these juniors on site that are like, I don't know what to do, and I'm like, okay, well you need to do like this, da da da, da right, and it just kind of grew to that. And then the company grew. And then at one point in time, they even hired a project manager. Right. And everybody on the team was like, 
why'd they hire this guy? Like this guy don't, this guy don't, never knows what's going on on the project. Right. He's like, you're the one that's always down here, like managing everybody, making sure we, we got things flowing. And, uh, but that is kind of organically led into that until at some point in time, they like the company recognized like, Oh yeah, it makes sense that, you know, I'd yeah. be the project manager uh, officially, you know, yeah. um, being there, yeah. being there, done that. No, okay. So that's it's the same, same way. Right. So. And it's, it's all from it's, saying yes. Right. Sh- saying yes, learning and then showing off your skills. Right. And saying, yeah, I can do that. Right. And so yeah. let me show you and let me prove it to you. Yeah. And that, you go from there. That was probably a bit of my downfall is I was a little bit uh, reserved on like kind of showing off my, my, like what my skills were. I mean, my, my I guess they kind of showed, but then a lot of times, like, you know, like upper management, they don't even see what's going on in the shop floor a lot of times. Right. So yeah. like a lot of times I think it can get, it can uh, get overlooked. Actually, I made a video on that at one point in time. They're like, you do have to be careful on that because you could be the best employee on the shop floor. And I a hundred percent believe in like, you know, like the audacity of like somebody just doing a good job and good things come. Uh, but then also sometimes they end up being, like my scenario where I end up having to start my own company because even yeah. though I'm doing the things like people still just don't recognize and you just got to make your own path. Yeah. It's hard. You know, you can't, you can't take it from a concept of ego or bragging, right. When you're doing that and you, you believe you're doing a good job. And if the people working with you think you are too, but again, it's just you find ways to highlight it without, without doing it, Posting and, it yeah and, and pronouncing it like i said for me in the estimating side my my aspect was just to do my own estimates right like i have some quotes yeah. here i gotta get them done i don't want the customer to wait two weeks i mm-hmm. want them to have you wait two days or two hours uh get it done as quickly as possible so i did it and then other people saw that i was doing that stuff and they said how are you yeah. doing that right it's easy right okay great you're gonna do it for us now um (laughs) that's that's the way that's the way that you do it is just by just by doing again and and doing it yourself i took that aspect to to learn and and grow so initiative somebody will see it eventually and if they don't like you said you have other avenues they have you have uh, your own company. You, you can move on to other companies. The yeah. good companies out there will recognize those efforts, right? Uh, the good managers out there. Of course, we always have a mix uh, of good and bad, but the good yep. ones will see it, and you'll get you'll get what what uh, you need to get out of it for sure in the end. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have any like last words to to for the audience and to add value to them? Uh, last words. Well, hey, I'll be selfish in my last words is, is always in all this great stuff is, is stay organized, right? And, and do what you have to do to get everything from A to Z put in a row. Project managers are great people. Um, we talked about them the last couple of minutes here. That's great. Um, but having, having everything in a good process, uh, workflow, consistency, because we're dealing in custom equipment, integration, it's always different, but the workflow is always the same, right? You got to do design, um, you got to do an estimate at some point to say how much this thing's going to cost. You have to get all those parts over to purchasing. I guarantee you almost every time design rarely ever happens once, right? Like we're still human, things happen, mistakes, even with all the great tools we have now. Um, so, so that's my last parting word, of course, is the selfish ones is to stay organized. So get some good software. 
Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you, Jay. I appreciate having you on. It's thanks for having me on. It's great to see you as always. And, uh, we'll, we'll see you in real life. I'm sure at the next trade show as it, as it comes around, because there's some good ones. Yeah. See you there. I'll be uh pack expo. We're going to Boston for, I'm not sure what the name of it is, but yep. uh, it's the, one, the AMR one division one. Yep. Yeah. Pack expo will be another big one. Just like IMTS to give me a sore feet and, and, uh, <laughs> probably lose my voice from talking so much but yeah so we'll probably see you there in chicago in october all right all right see you there thank you very much for having me on